Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Grunge Bible Podcast, bringing it to you with episode number 54. My name is Chris Salona, and I am here with Ethan Shalloway. Chris, it's really nice to see you today. Um, we are recording this on Monday, and uh, we have a, uh, a good episode for you. We have another great interview with a young artist. Actually, yes. we have two people, two, two, two members of the the band known as Bexley. So we're very excited to get into um, our awesome interview, about 45 minutes. Um, but before we want to come on and do our normal spiel, spiel, check in and see how everybody's doing. So Chris, you know, how you doing, man? So we're recording this uh, late Monday night on uh, Monday, March 28th. And yeah. Ethan, I'm tired. I am exhausted. Yeah, this weekend had a, this weekend had a lot. Um, <clears throat> a lot of moving parts. Yeah, a lot of moving parts. A lot of emotion. Um, we we actually at the time of this recording and when it comes out, we're gonna have have to, have already done and released an episode um, where we talk about Taylor Hawkins and the passing of him. It's uh, extremely sad and yeah. a tragedy in a lot of ways. So we're not gonna go into that. But that happened um, this past weekend, and that was on, on our Friday minds. night. Yeah, um, you 25th. saw you saw two shows, and I had a competition so we were busy on top of the sad news so it was just a jam-packed weekend there was a ton going on i think we both were pretty tired i know you were tired today is is usually on 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 the flood day of monday but yeah um, for a lot of different reasons i think we everybody was we both physically drained and emotionally drained in a lot of ways yeah my 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 mind is feeling a little taxed right now um there's, there's been a lot a lot going on but uh that's uh that's the way it goes. Yeah, that's how that's the ebbs and flow of, of life for sure. I mean, there's definitely some ah, man. Yeah, it's just a, a terrible reminder of how precious life can be and um it's good that we had, you know, I guess we sandwiched, we had some other exciting stuff going on, but um always comes back to you know, tell the people you love that you love them while you can and uh do it often, you know, yeah. tell them you love them often. So, I absolutely agree and uh yeah, that's that's really all we can do at times. So I, I think um, that's the uh, that's the big always a big takeaway when when sad things like this happen. And uh, you know, hopefully we're all sure to uh, sure to do that when the time fits. But um, as you said, uh, this uh, this episode, uh, which is releasing on Monday, April the fourth, uh, we got the opportunity to interview uh, Steve Costello and Amanda Hardy of Bexley. And uh, this this is important uh, because uh, a couple of days ago on April 1st, they released a new single uh, called Save Me, Save Us All. So um, we're going to get into a, a good interview with them, kind of talking about their uh, their musical origins, um, how they create music, their thought process, their influences. Uh, Amanda, having grown up uh, in Seattle and, and, and played uh, frequently around there and uh, playing with different people in the scene and everything so really really excited it was a great conversation uh but as always uh, before we get into that we do have some individuals that we would like to thank yep we have some new members come aboard um i guess they were the almost the last entries uh hopefully we can get a few more before the end of the week because we have our our giveaway being announced on april yeah. 1st and it's we're exciting do... by the time this comes out uh the winners so the winners yeah. will be known to the world. We don't That's even right. know who the winners are. We yet. don't know yet. Yeah, we don't know yet. So we would, we would, we would uh, praise them. But um, 
it's still open uh, technically at this time. I can't so, call it. <laughs> yeah, I can't really call it. But we do have um, we do have a new member, correct, Chris? Yeah, we we we've got a couple of them today. So uh, as as of the uh, the time of this recording on uh, Monday night, March twenty eighth, uh, we have a new member of the two dollar tier on Patreon named Brian J Hayes. So uh, thank you so much, Brian, for supporting, and uh, that automatically enters Brian into the Chris Cornell uh, print giveaway. And then additionally, we have a new ten dollar member. And they have chosen to uh, introduce themselves to the Grunge Bible world as Captain Hightop, a uh, an ode to uh, to Mother Lovebone. So thank you, uh, Captain Hightop. Uh, we are uh, very very appreciative uh, of your support here. And uh, the great Captain joins a growing lineage of ten dollar patrons, and and those ten dollar patrons are Chris Blackhole, Sean, Nikki Six, Laura Nyrene, Shannon Gorgone. Sonny Mashburn, Sue, Marianne, Millie, Kayla Jean, Alexis Shannon, Jamie Lynn, What the Fuck's Up Denny's, our number one fan from Australia, Fuck Soup, Rachel Corning, Millie, Release, Jade Mercado, Doug Endy, Wayne Staley, Victor Schaefer, The Blue Owl, and Kara K. It's awesome, dude. The Black Hole Sean is uh, may take the take the rain for the most most creative or the one I, the one I like, I mean, it's just cause it's new, but I, I like that a lot. Yeah, the Black I, like that one. I, I also love the captain high top reference. Uh, I think any, any reminder of Andrew Wood and mother love bone is a, uh, is a good thing in my book, but to everybody mm-hmm. uh, on all tiers and everybody out there listening, thank you so much uh, for your time uh, today and uh, every single week, uh, week in and week out uh, for the, over the last year. And uh, we hope that you stay with us in the future and, and we're hoping yeah. to uh, continue to, bring you what we hope you want yep yeah it's nice to have followers and and people liking the shit but it's really nice to have people that show support um like in this in this form so it really does help us run so um without further ado let's uh let's cut to our interview with bexley and the two um beautiful people and awesome awesome uh conversation it really was joy um we're going to talk about some of the musical process, and it's a good one, so enjoy. We are back with another awesome Crunch Bible podcast interview. I'm obviously joined by Chris Salona. And then we have two two awesome friends from L.A. Would you please introduce yourself, guys, so everybody knows who we are talking to? Yeah, I'm Amanda. Hi. I'm Steve. We're Bexley. Bexley, a beautiful... Um, Friends, friends, we've had for a long time. Chris, when did we when did we meet you guys, or when did we meet them? It was like twenty eighteen. It was like twenty eighteen. It was right after right after Run Rabbit Run came out, and and we're, we're definitely going to get into your your path into everything. But we've known you for Amanda. We've known you for a long time, and Steve, this is the first time we're meeting, but uh, quasi quasi friendship, quasi uh, knowing of one another. But yeah, it's it's been a long time. It has. You guys, the page was like. Something thousand when I first discovered it. Yeah, we were we were, uh, we were tiny. Into this massive thing now. I know that was quite. Uh, yeah, it was quite a bit of followers back. 
like 300 or something like that it's crazy yes. and it in was... between there i mean remember we we did a giveaway we gave away a guitar from yamaha oh, with you back people in the forget. day yeah people forget kafaro um i'm not sure if we got connected through kafaro or did we connect it with kafaro did you know him before that i can't, honestly don't remember the timeline of that this is what happened i was like on the hunt for like grunge pages on instagram and i thought your guys's was coolest and i i think that's how I reached out to you guys probably through that and was just mm-hmm. like, Hey, I like your page. I, I don't really remember. But I then think, yeah, the Chris thing, the Chris thing was through you guys for sure. Yeah. Well, I think you guys had posted one of the famous Chris Cornell shots, like from the desert. That sounds and about right. The, uh, Chris Cafaro's name. It was like messaged him was like, Hey, I really love these photos. And he basically said, come over. And we, we went and met him. And he yeah, was, that he, checks out. That's Chris. <laughs> as, yeah. as you, as you well know, at this point. Yeah. yeah no, he's great. He's yeah. like, Oh, you guys are in LA. All right, come on. Like, let's go. Yeah. He's been, he's been great. He's been really great. And yeah, he obviously was a part of that, that giveaway and a bunch of other stuff. He's help, yeah. helping us right now with doing giveaways and prints. So he's the man. Shout out to Chris for sure. Yeah, he's super cool. He did uh, two of our music videos. Yeah. I know, and we'll we'll yeah we'll get into that. So I guess um, just a little background uh, for the people. I guess could you give a little bit background and give maybe the genesis of uh, the project and maybe like you know where you guys you know, grew up and and a little bit of background just so people know what's going on. Yeah. Um, well, I grew up in Seattle. Well, for people that are from Washington, 20 minutes south of Seattle, <laughs> um, so I can't be a true Seattleite. Uh, yeah, and Bexley kind of formed between Steve and I in 2018. Yeah, I think, and I, I'm from northern Canada. It's like a town called Sudbury, way up there. Oh, nice. Um, way up there, huh? Yeah, yeah. And uh, we, we met here uh, at the Marvelous Nam show. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we kind of hit it off and just kept in touch. We wrote songs over Skype for a while, and then we both ended wow. up moving down here. Um, yeah, and they kind of just ended up working. Amanda was like, she was recording under her own name at the time, and then when we started working together, um, actually, no, right before that, you decided you wanted to go with more of like a band mononym type deal. Yeah, uh, Bexley came from, so like my dad's side of the family is from England, and Bexley is a place in England, and that's oh, like okay. where that side of the family's from. So we were visiting family there, and um, like the trash can said Bexley on it, and I was like, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the one. That's grunge. <laughs> it's grunge as fuck. And the stone, the stone's been rolled away. Yeah, that's that, that's major. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So that's where the name comes from. That's yeah. fantastic. So all these years later, I mean, you, you both have been playing music, uh, writing music, performing, um, probably for the statistical majority of each of your lives. What was um, what was it about music in the beginning? Um, you know, for me, growing up in a family that wasn't musically inclined, like I, I never played instruments or anything, so I, I didn't really have any cohorts or any path to it. What was what was each of your paths into music, and what was the appeal? Not only I guess as fans, but also as musicians and as songwriters. Me, yeah, you want to go first? Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, the town I grew up in didn't have like a ton of things to do, I, and I grew up outside of that town. Like, like Amanda said, she's twenty minutes outside of Seattle. I'm twenty minutes outside of like a mining town. So, so I you're, you're out there, huh? Yeah, kind of. It's like, I mean, it's objectively out there. out there. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you kind of make your own fun. And my dad was a drummer. 
Um, he put himself through med school playing drums and, um, that's awesome. That, yeah. So that was kind of always in my life. So that's I started cool. playing drums when I was like nine and, uh, all my friends would come over and play drums. So we would all just take turns on the drums, which isn't like at a certain point you go like, can we play a song together? So <laughs> I played the guitar, um, and I kind of went that way and that way me and my dad can play together as well, which is super, super cool. And my mom would like crank queen concerts and clean the house. Like that's, nice. so our house was pretty music based. Um, yeah. but for me, it was kind of a no brainer and I just got more and more into it. And at a young age, like we were, we took over open mics in our town. So it was like, I, we were 14, um, going to like a dive bar where they just, they didn't know our name. They just called us the kids. Like are the kids playing tonight? Yeah. Nice. Um, that's so, yeah, I kind of just fell into it, I guess, and I just loved it. So. It is like you always fall into it. I don't know. I always had like an affinity for singing, like growing up. Like I have, I have like this little note from my parents, like when I went to kindergarten, they were like, "Have a good day. If you get scared, sing one of your songs." Like, <laughs> it's like I've just always sang, and um, at a certain point, I like wanted to write music or like at least stop singing along the karaoke tracks so i learned how to play guitar just like sort of like i had a chord chart that um my dad got me and he had an acoustic guitar at the house because he liked playing guitar like on from time to time um and yeah that's kind of where the songwriting started but as a fan it was always like the beatles or led zeppelin like that was always what i listened to yeah. And I think the Beatles are like still just like my favorite band of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I can always find something in there to like inspire me to do something else. Um, but yeah, my dad had also introduced me to Alice in Chains when I was 13. And that's like when I fell into the grunge love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and didn't look back. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and, and that's definitely not surprising considering geographically where you were located. And it's really interesting. Um, you know, we're all the same age, I believe, you know, mid, mid, late twenties, give or take. And I think a lot of us as music fans, um, the beginnings of our fandom was informed a lot by our parents and the, and, and a lot of them grew up in the, in the seventies or eighties or whatever. So, I mean, everywhere you turn, I remember being a kid, you know, get, dr- getting driven home from soccer practice and, you know, they've got Zeppelin or Van Halen or whatever on. So it's really, it's always funny to talk to people and, and hear those common influences, but I feel like in most cases that seems to be the primer and then you can kind of branch out and, 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 uh, Amanda, you had said that obviously your, your dad sharing Alice in Chains with you at 13. That's, that's a good start too. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was awesome. Um, my, I think my dad worked with somebody that, um, that whose kid was in a band and they needed like a girl singer on something. Um, mm. and so he was like, do you want to sing in this band? Like they, they'll let you like, you like rock music and they'll let you sing a song or whatever. And that's kind of just how it spiraled. Like, you know, you start, you start meeting the people that play in bands and I don't know, it just snowballs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're pretty much how it goes. <laughs> yeah um my first show was actually do you guys know um have you been to seattle at all i've never been i was Uh, i I went to seattle last year for the first time actually i'm I'm a fraud and he's uh he's uninformed so yeah i'm just just a little less of a fraud than chris as far as visiting (laughs) visiting the history but yeah did the space Uh, needle and shit so i mean but anyway so where, where was your first show Oh, have you been to the show box, uh, like right downtown? No, I have not. 
but I, 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 I know the honestly oh, i know yeah. the name yeah yeah it's across the street from pike place market and it's yep. like okay. yeah you know, an infamous smaller like venue i think it holds like 1500 people maybe yeah, yeah. um but they were they were putting on the Lane Staley tribute, which happens every year. I don't know if it's still happening because of COVID, but when I was, I think this was like 12 years ago now, it, they would do it every year. And it was like the same people that would put it on. And it was kind of a big deal. Like people all over the world would come and watch. So that was really cool. Um, they needed somebody to do like a couple acoustic songs in the middle. So me and this other guy did brother off of sap and a couple other songs and that was like my first show experience so that was pretty wild they just had seen us do it on youtube and were like can you come in and like do this so that was really cool but yeah that's a that's a pretty significant like entry into into playing music especially like you had said um for a tribute show an annual tribute show that's got a following that's um I mean, one of the the seminal artists from that town and, and that created in that town. I mean, were were you nervous at all? <laughs> it's like yeah, here I am. Super nervous. I, well, it's like all the people that knew Lane and like you know his mom was there and I think his dad was there and like it's like all these people that grew up and you know were around these people. It was it was a lot, but then they started cheering and it like. From that moment, I remember it like completely all went away. Like all the nervous energy was gone once everybody was like clapping. And I was like, oh, I like this. I want to keep yeah. doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes And it's got to yeah. be inspiring too to have that switch and, and just to be vulnerable in that space for the literally the first time and then to be received in that way by, like you said, people that, um, you know, were there when it happened, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it, it just kept being this really cool thing that I got to be a part of. And I think, like, everyone liked that we were young. and uh, Yeah, how old did you say you were the, I was that, that show? 13. Yeah, that's pretty incredible to yeah. play, play, play a sap set in front of people that yeah, we did <laughs> like small. That's pretty incredible. That Am I Inside, which is, like, a deep cut. Yeah, yeah that one's in there. <laughs> um, that one, I think No Excuses as well. Um, but yeah, wow. it was really, really cool. And, you know, meeting, I got to meet Lane's mom and that was a whole like experience. Cause I was at that point infatuated with Alice in Chains and like, I wanted to be Lane Staley and it was like a whole thing. So meeting his mom was really cool. And then I think the following year or the year after that, um, she got up and sang a song with me and a bunch of other people for the Lane tribute that year. And that was like mm -hmm. so special. Wow. like it was awesome um we did wake up uh the mad season song that's incredible i mean mm -hmm. those are to to have those experiences at such a young age as a performer i mean that probably has a very very big impact moving forward um you know as your as your performing career begins and and just like I said, to just to be inspired by all of that, um, Steve. So, yeah. so you you were growing up, uh, like you said, in 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 that town, and um, you know the kids were always playing. How was how was your path into kind of taking it a little bit more seriously, and and kind of you seemingly devoting more time to it, and and getting out there and playing? Did you have guys that you played with, or what what did that look like for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, one of my best friends, like since I was five, uh, played drums. Like he took lessons from my dad uh, before I did. Like I think he just gravitated toward toward it faster and then he got he got really good very quickly at the drums and then when i switched to guitar i kind of had like a similar 
like initial exponential thing where you kind of like learn the basics quickly enough to like jam. And I think once we get to that point, him and I would hang out basically every weekend anyway. It got to the point where uh, him and my cousin had a competition over the summer, like who could stay at my house the longest. (laughs) Nice. Like weeks of like either one of the two of them being there. And anytime he was there, we would play. So um, it kind of just, I mean, he was a year ahead of me in school. So when he went into high school, he found a bass player. And then we were kind of set, like we had a three piece, none of us could sing. So we would just play music all day. And then when it got too late to make noise, we would play Halo and that's yeah. every single weekend. Yeah. That's a, that, that's, that's, that's a winning combination right there. That's yeah, it right there. Yep. I think him, me and the drummer, especially since Dustin, uh, we, we got into like a pretty good rhythm of like, that's just what we wanted to do. So we kept that up for a long time through various arrangements of how that band looked and a lot of cover shows because like where we grew up that was kind of one of the only ways to like play and like have people come or make money was yep, just yeah. like no 65 or 70 cover songs and just all they wanted to hear that. yeah like yeah so we did that and then as soon as i left high school uh i moved to toronto because it was the closest like bigger city uh with my bass player at the time uh kev and he uh he and i just like tried to see what we can come up with i tried to make a record with me singing and like just basically tried to figure out where to head with this thing and like you know audition for other bands and that kind of stuff um while working on getting a visa to come down here so a lot of like moving parts and juggling but um yeah once i once i kind of came down here it kind of hit a better flow and I, i got hired to do um a few different shows with a few different artists. I played with this guy, Mark Wood, who's like an electric violinist. He's, he's one of the guys that started a Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Okay. Um, and his son, Elijah, at the time we were, um, sort of him and I would start to write songs together. Um, yeah. And then from there, I did a a blues tour with a singer named Beth Hart through Europe. Um, awesome. Yeah. And then like, and then we started writing music together and that's kind of where, was like, oh no, that that's the thing I wanted. I knew it was guitar, but I didn't know where to point it. Yeah. So um, this was very fortunate. So the, so the writing really, you you like really got, you know, excited about writing. Is that what you're saying? And obviously, like with with Amanda, yeah. or was it just like like, oh yeah, this right here, this makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I, yeah, it was kind of a little little bit of each of those. I think it was like I was writing music on my own. Um, but I really don't care for singing. So yeah, gotcha. Uh, Whale. So that was like a huge fit. And she, <laughs> she's like, I think we make a really good team because like, I really like writing instrumental production things and she's an excellent songwriter. So she'll mm-hmm. come with like, Here's the thing I did on acoustic. I, I took the trash out today and I came back. She's like, Oh, I wrote a song. I was like, okay. Cool. Wait, how's that even happen? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that was so. that was one of my one of my questions was talking about the writing process and, yeah. and it sounds like you guys are you know equal parts in well like fifty fifty like a lot of vocals and lyrics versus a lot of like instrumentation. So uh, yeah, how do you guys find inspiration and what what is the easiest way for you guys to put a song on paper and or put a song you know and record it? Do you guys uh. <laughs> is it lyrics first then then instrument? Is it like just kind of mess around and then put lyrics to it after? Or what do you guys find? Um, it's kind of 50, 50, uh, well, maybe 75, 25, a lot of the time, like Steve or I will come up with like a riff of some kind or, or, or a lot of the time I'll be like, 
just playing some chord pattern and then I'll start humming over it. I think that's usually how it goes is I'll get a melody going over whatever chord pattern that I have. And then we build off of that chord pattern. Um, I got at the point where if I hear her humming, I like back away. (laughs) I'm like, just finish the humming and then we will have a song. Like I know at this point, if I hear her humming something, I'm like, okay, she's going to record it on her phone. And then we can actually make, like, we'll make it into a song. And polish it up late. Yeah, polish it up and figure it out. But just get the baseline. I feel like that's that's super common. There's almost this, like, mythology around the creative process or, like, urban legend type thing where you don't don't almost want to think about it too much or, like, actually verbalize what the process is. It just kind of happens organically, it seems like. Yeah, it, I mean, it's cliche, but a lot of the time it just has come out of nowhere. And yeah. like, like, oh, I have this idea and I, I need to get out of my head right now. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like that song, uh, Sick, that was on our record, um, we were trying to like for like a day and a half to write another song, like in that same kind of vein and key. Yeah. And then Amanda just started playing the riff at the beginning and she's like, oh, let's do this instead. I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do that instead. And yeah. then we finished it like that day. Yep. Yeah. And like as soon as you hear it, like it just makes sense and you just run with the idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's like when it hits, it hits. And when it doesn't, it's like intensely like I'll, I'll cry over it. Like I, if I can't. Get yeah. What's what's writer's block like for you guys? How do you get past that? Do you, what, do you step <laughs> away? What do you do? I'm so mad at myself. Writer's well, block is proud. terrible. Yeah. We're currently sitting on like six basically finished songs that mm-hmm. were like there's just a couple little pieces like we need another verse or we need like the second half of a chorus yeah so a lot there's a lot of that like we end up piling things and then we'll go back and then you know it'll so just, so. is the best way to step away do you feel i mean i've yeah. heard that a lot the best way is to step away come back you know write something get some influence and then come back and see if you can see it differently yeah, we're lucky yeah. we live in an area where we can walk around. So, like, we go on walks and just, like, you know, clear our brains a little bit with some nature. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of do the opposite, too. Like, I'll go for a walk, but I'll put headphones in and listen to that same thing we're stuck on 1,500 oh, times. Yeah. yeah. And, and certainly over the last couple of years, at least, you've had a lot of time to do that because, uh, you know, for, for a large part, there weren't any live shows that you could play. And I know... Um, uh, the self-titled album, which came out last year, was was a lot of that the fruits of just having a lot of time on your hands in 2020. Is that the genesis yeah. of that record? Yeah, yeah basically, um, I, I had started a few of those ideas. Like some of them were from like 2017, like okay. maybe just been sitting for a minute, like just a couple of them. But then as like we had been working on stuff in 2019. Like we put out a song we're like, we need to put something else out. And you know, when the pandemic happened, it was like, I guess we'll just work on these like ideas and we'll really buckle down. And um, the ones that we sat on for so long were partially because like Amanda was like, I don't think these will fit with what we're doing. I mean, a song like moon song. Right. It's been around forever, like in our, in the computer. Like yeah. we just we shot like a quasi music video for it in the desert years ago yeah. uh, with my phone and a gimbal just for fun and um yeah we, she was just like i don't think it'll fit and then once the album started to build out i was like well why, why not like why just yeah. put it on let's like the whole thing all flow together it's fine yeah and i think that's kind of opened up some doors too is just like do whatever we want to do yeah um, that definitely came out of covid it was like also with that record i 
to me, like I always reference, um, like Alison Chains introduced acoustic guitars into their music early on. And so it was like this, like, it wasn't weird to hear an acoustic song on one of their records. Right. So for me, I was like, it just makes sense to like incorporate everything. Yeah. Do whatever we want. Like, and like the song before it is in like drop B. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But when you listen to the record front to back, as I as I did earlier, like it just it just all fits together. Um, and 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 that's got to be a tough thing to, I guess, have the confidence when you're putting it together and when you're recording, when you're writing, to say, okay, well, like this doesn't make theoretical sense to go from this to this, like you had said. But when you put it all together, it, it definitely, um, when you have all those different elements together, it just creates such a full picture. So I would imagine it sounds like the record that you had maybe envisioned at the beginning of the process versus the one that went out to the world. Those were two different visions or. Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, once it started, well, actually another big thing is we kind of went uh, like with a few of the songs that kind of clicked, Yeah, we looked at it and we're like, well, what are the sounds that we really liked in that? Like, like, specifically like what guitar effect was on it or whatever um right. and we tried to put some of those things like kind of paint it broadly across the whole record so there's like a few specific like reverbs and like weird <laughs> whirly sounds subliminal things yeah but i think that also helped in like just making the thing kind of stick together it's just like paint it sort of with the same tools but mm-hmm. um yeah it turned out like I, I'm very happy with it. Yeah, cons- considering pretty we did proud, it in yeah. our apartment and the drums in a garage, I'm pretty like. I'm yeah, I remember up. seeing some videos. Like there was some closet action going on, cutting some oh, vocals yeah, in like the right closet. There. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, when 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 you're dealt with a set of circumstances, you you got to make do. It's like you can make make some some lemonade out of those lemons that are sitting there. I guess we're super fortunate too. Like boss and um the company boss that makes pedals and um roland their like parent company they they've been super supportive of us and like we have some gear that they've given us that helped us record the record and yeah and actually the other thing with the pandemic was i am um i do like a, a side gig i do some teching on the side and uh, one of the companies i run into a lot here um is a backline company and my friend is the guy like who manages the, the entire place and a production manager friend of mine keeps all his gear there so i called them and i was like hey we need to record drums i know you're not renting anything at the moment because right. nobody's doing anything he's like just take whatever you want we're so bored please <laughs> <laughs> so like, that's awesome thank you so they saved our butts on that too like all of the drums we got to do because of them and we did it in uh, tasha's garage like turning off the air conditioning during takes, takes. And it, it was like right August. On. It was like July or August, and he lives in Orange County, and it's like so hot. Yeah, it was mental. That's the angst on the record, right? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a vocal, like that's one of a part of the story. We were sweating, you know, making this it, oh, tr- yeah. tracking the drums, and exactly, it, it was literally a, a isolated, like one of those ISO box rooms inside of a garage. So it was like a, a box inside of a bigger box. Yeah. With just heat blowing in the middle like the the ac unit vents into the garage not outside oh, so geez. you're kind of just equipping yourself yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's um that's not for the faint of heart it sounds like yeah yeah, I, I'll certainly say so. And um, and you all are back uh, with with some new music. So this episode's coming out on the uh, on April the fourth. So by that by this point, 
by the time the world hears it, uh, everybody will be able to uh, to stream the new song, and it's coming out on April first. Is that correct? It is. Yeah, it's uh, this Friday. So yeah, it's um, a song called "Save Me, Save Us All," and it's a. Uh, it was originally inspired. We just watched the Beatles documentary, the Get Back documentary. Yeah. And I don't know. I just adore all of them, and I was super inspired and. John Lennon said something in it that was like, when I'm writing a song, I just say what comes first, like, and then I worry about it later. But like, just say something lyrically that comes out first. And so I kind of tried to do that with this song. And it turned into this intense political. um, (laughs) Yeah, it's like morphing time signatures and weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's how kind of it started was like, there's this chord that comes up in Beatles songs a lot. I don't know the name of it. It's like a version of B7. Yeah. B7. There you go. Um, <laughs> I was playing B7 and then I just like slid it up the neck and back down in this weird time signature. And it, I was like, what do you think of this riff? <laughs> and kind of just like took off from there. Yeah. That's like, um, that's one of the ones that almost finished itself in like a couple days. Yeah. It was a it's pretty quick process. Yeah. yeah. And no, you guys no. have the music videos. So, um, and you've done a quite a, uh, you know, a few music videos and I wanted to ask you, so, um, yeah, like, what is it like, you know, shooting a music video? Cause that one, I mean, that's obviously coming out, but, um, yeah, it's very, it's like, there's a lot going on and there's a lot of like pretty dramatic, dramatic scenes and whatnot. And, uh, I just want to ask like your overall process because like, do you, do you really enjoy kind of the music video aspect of, um, you know, your music or, you know, would like more than I know I haven't been able to play shows in the last two years. Has it has it been good that you were able to kind of think about music videos or like I kind of like, you know, the balance between live versus music videos or just overall process of maybe making a music video as well? Yeah, I think. Well, I think uh, the first first point is like the two Chris did were like a whole other. Yeah. Like yeah. A whole other bank because he, right. he had a, and like he took the lead on that, which was super cool. Yeah. Um, but all the other ones we've done, so oh, sorry, yeah. I just want to preface no, that. No, it's fine. Um, yeah, the Chris videos were super fun. And yeah. he you know, had brought in makeup artists and all that, um, which is great. And it, for me, like it was like my first music video great experience. Great experience, yeah. Yeah, so you know, you kind of feel like a hot shot when you're shooting a music video. But, uh, you come um, in and, and they're all ready to go. Yeah, but with these last couple, or last few, I guess, the most recent one that's coming out um, with this song was highly intensive like yeah it seemed it (laughs) originally we wanted a full band in it and we couldn't work out getting a full band in it and we were like what do we do with just the two of us right and um the song has a lot of different characters in it for whatever reason i pictured like a presidential figure being the main character Mm -hmm. and i was like what if we had like a president and a police officer and uh, a doctor and, you know, all the people that could potentially save you, like people have ideas of what will save them. And so I was like, well, what are, what are things that can save you? A superhero can save you, you know, it's essentially, it's like if you made a music video out of the news from the last two or three years, that's that's kind of like, yeah, together, but, um, so I was, like it was like maybe a week and a half away from us shooting it. And I was like, what if I got all these different costumes? <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you, Amazon, uh, which I'm not proud of, but. Well, 
I, I call them costume houses. Turns out costumes are really expensive to rent. So we, yeah, that's uh... we we literally some of them are like Halloween costumes that we jazzed up. Yeah. Our own, like, mm. our contact lenses. Yeah. yeah. Like, just like a bunch of makeshifty things that we figured would work. And, uh, yeah. We wrote a whole script for the music video. And, like the, like Steve made like a play by play of like every shot we needed. Yeah. Um, and we only had like seven hours to do it, which sounds like a lot. But it really wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. Once you once you start, you're probably three hours in. And you're like, well, I have so much left to do, and there's only four hours left. Yeah. yeah. By the end, I was like sh- shouting because there's like a big video wall in it, and in a lot of the scenes, if, if I'm not in the scene, I'm sitting behind the video wall, running it. Yeah. Oh my so I was like yelling, like, "We're almost out of time! Like, <laughs> you got to yeah. change into a different costume." Yeah. yeah. And we'd made, like, it was just me, Steve, and our friend Jonathan. Okay, that's what I was wondering. That's really cool, too. There was nobody else there. Jonathan is rad. He's a drummer in a band called Vespera. Mm -hmm. And he's, like, just is really excellent with, like, AV stuff as well. um, Pretty much anything he wants to do, he's good at. So he's, like, one of those guys. Like, oh, yeah, I'll pick that up, and I'm an expert at it now. But the cool (laughs) thing, and then basically he'll shoot it, and, like, kind of, like, for this one, we had a pretty good idea of what we needed. But the cool thing with him, because he's a drummer, is all of like the camera shaking and like movement. It's all very in time and very like logical because he's a drummer and like right. he just, instinctually all of those movements are really cool. So he's like moving with us. As yeah. We're, yeah. A lot. Yeah. He, he filmed it and then I took all the footage and we edited it here. So yeah, Steve's a wicked video editor. I was going to say that's a, that's a very important skill to have. And I mean, the finished product is it's so high energy. It's so intense and it, and it, it, it fits super, super well with the song. So, um, Thank you. as, as somebody whose mind is not creatively inclined in that way, it's just, it's, it's almost, it's just kind of mesmerizing to understand that there was, that didn't exist before. And then now, you know, it's, it's gotta be a little daunting too. like, all right, I'm going to make a music video. Where do we begin? You know? Honestly, yeah. uh, there were points where I was like, this is going to look stupid. Like this whole thing is going to look oh, really lead, stupid. Leading up to it. I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. And yeah, we're it's like walking into the, the place. You're like, this is not going to be good. <laughs> so yeah. With, with music videos, what is your favorite part about a music video and making one? Like, what do you think you look forward to the most? Seeing Being finished with it. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. say the finished product. I mean, you can say that too. Like some people would say, you know, maybe doing it is fun, but yeah, the finished product is always something that you can just sit back and be like, yes. This one was very fun to make because of all the characters. I kind of got to like pretend I was somebody else, like which I kind of do anyway for this. Um, <laughs> but it's like a bunch of different characters, so I got to kind of act in a way. So that yeah. was fun. Yeah. Um, for, for me, it's that like when we come home, I'll immediately take the files, like plug the hard drive in, and just start looking at things. And like we did that, and we're like, oh no, this is gonna work. Like that moment of like, oh, we got really cool stuff. Yeah, that's me, a good feeling. That is cool. Yeah. What do you yeah. think is the uh, hardest part about doing a music video? And that Same. could be you can co- you can contrast obviously doing it all on your own is one thing, but like also <laughs> yeah. like like when you have somebody that's helping you through it all and all you have to do is the talent. Like, what's hard about that aspect too? I guess. Um. Well, for this one, I, we like when we're in those sections where we're like throwing ourselves on the ground, like 
we're legitimately throwing ourselves on the ground. No like, stunt doubles. No, it's like <laughs> I, have, I still have bruises from it was like a couple weeks ago. It's a contact <laughs> sport out here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that one really was. It, a lot of the time, you come out of it very sore. Oh, oh yeah, sore know. bang after. What did they call it? Oh, a bang over. Yeah, yeah, bang over. Head bang over. <laughs> bang over. Um, that's incredible. Yeah, I think that's the hardest part for me is like doing it for eight hours is, and you're like sore afterwards. It's like, yeah, I don't know. There's to me, like the prep is interesting because we'll do things like some of the scenes, um, especially in that the video sick, some of the scenes like appear slow motion, but they're in time. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah. you have to like right. think about how you want to like what you want and how you want to accomplish it. So our buddy Jonathan did the math and then sent me everything. So I, I took the files and basically you have to play the song twice as fast or it's like 200, yeah. 208, 5% faster to get the frame rate to work out. It's like very, just oh all goodness. of that kind of thing and making sure you did it right. Cause when you show up, it's like, well, I can't do it now. So if it's right. not working. Yeah, there's That's only like, so much shooting for the edit that you can do when there's that much, mo- there's that many moving parts to it, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's like, um, there's two two bands that come to mind when I think of music videos, and one of them's OK Go, and the other one yeah. is, is Mute Math. And um, <laughs> OK Go, they obviously do the big music videos where, like, like the paint, and it's like a big continual timeline of stuff happening, you know, and then it, it ends with a certain, like explosion or something so it has to be it has to, it's like one take you know what i mean but then the yeah. mute, do you know mute math do you by chance know them um yeah, i know them but i don't know the video yeah. yeah they have a few videos where like it's like they play the song backwards and i'm watching i'm like what the heck is like he's singing like how are the lips adding up and like are the drums like he's it's like and he literally like you know they do the song backwards and there's like no other way and it's just it blows my mind how people can we have to learn the, their own song at a different like pace and a different click and, and they're like backwards or so it's really and because you know it's the the one music video part in particular like they go through the whole song they like destroy the set and then they replay it so it finishes with it in perfect condition so the whole thing's backwards and it's like what the oh. heck yeah it's That's really it. really cool yeah, I'll ideas in our head now. yeah i'll, yeah, I'll send exactly. it i'll send it to you i'm pretty sure it's called it's called reset and it's like it's just yeah. phenomenal stuff and I, I think that creative process it's another you know i like i put i'm a drummer myself and I've, i was in a band all through high school and played a bunch of shows and we shot i was also in telecom so i did some some video stuff and i love like playing music and like the live performance but the music videos are cool because yeah you get to kind of think things through a little bit more intentionally and, and do fun things like like that where mm-hmm. you know you're you're doing it and you know double speeds so then you can or, or half speeds and then like you're stretching it and doing like it's just another way to express the song and and it's so cool it's hard it can be difficult at time but it's like it's also really rewarding too like you said at the end you're like oh yeah th- like you see a shot and you're like this is this is pretty much what i had in my head so that's great <laughs> yeah i yeah. really enjoy envisioning something and then yeah. seeing like having like something to visualize the song with i think is important yeah. Well, and if you want to see the the progression from how Bexley started and now, like so from Run Rabbit Run to the new song, Run Rabbit Run, we shot in my parents' driveway and um, the the lights behind us are the bass player's pickup truck. <laughs> nice. Like a couple Home Depot lights. Absolutely, and it's just like, yeah. yeah. focused enough to not see it. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you watch that one, that same process, like a friend of mine videoed it, I edited it. And if you watch the new one, that's kind of like, what we've learned yeah. from back to is That's like sweet. how we got that, I guess. 
Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, there's there's so many different creative elements, and and one one thing I wanted to ask about. So w- with the new song "Save Me, Save Us All," this uh, appears to be kind of like the first foray into, I guess, political social commentary. And and you know, you had said that you were inspired um, by the Beatles documentary, and just you know, if there's something on your mind, you, you just want to say it. So what what was that process like? And is that something that you had you had envisioned for yourself to to write about? different social issues or was it just something you just reached a point and you're like, I, I need to say something about this. I think the latter is more um, accurate. Like mm-hmm. the, the first like debut record was more about emotions and yeah. yeah, I think the first half of the pandemic, everybody was emotional about it all. Um, Certainly. So I think that was a good outlet, but this like in the climate now, like I just feel like we, do need to say something or not that it matters coming from us, but I mean, it, it, how can you not say something? <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I think you were looking inward. Now you're looking outward. Yeah. Yeah. We had our inward moment and now we're looking outward and, um, that's a good way of putting it. Definitely. Yeah. yeah that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I think anytime you write about something that you, you care about, I mean, the results are going to be pure because it's coming from such an honest place. And I think that's, uh, you know, if that's at the crux of anything that you do, you're you're heading in the right direction for sure. So, is this um is 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 this the first lead into some more music, uh, maybe this year, or are you able to divulge anything uh, that might be coming, or where where do we stand? Yes, I mean yes, we're we're making more music. Um, there's oh, yeah. no release dates yet. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think that I'd like to compile that song in with. A, number of the other ones that we're sitting on that we really just need to finish so we'll likely do kind of what we did before and do singles and have it sort of build into something yeah probably more like an ep this time yeah. um i don't know if we're gonna go full album again uh but that's what we've we been cover too. oh yes we do have something coming up um it's not finished yet but i, I think if this, this is a good place to talk about it if any, anyone that listens we haven't announced this yet but um we're doing oh, a cover with uh, Dave Abrazisi from Pearl Jam. Oh, no way. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, we're doing a cover of a song called Evil by Cactus. Yeah, it's like an old Willie Dixon song, and then Cactus made it heavy. And um, our bass player friend, Carmine, he, he played bass for like Bowie and Rod Stewart and everybody. Wow. Dave. And so the two of them are going to be the rhythm section. And yeah. Gonna, That'll be sick. That's really, yeah. that's going to be really cool. That, that, that That's exciting just hearing about, I mean, let alone being able to take part and collaborate in something like that. That's super, super cool. It was crazy. That'll be we really cool. Time, um, and he's like a, a close friend of ours. Um, and then he was like, yeah, my buddy Dave wants, you know, he'll do a song with us. And we we're like, Dave, Dave who? And like he emailed Steve and it said Dave Abrazizi. I was like, Holy shit! Dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he sent sent me the stems. He, like I think he lives in Bali, so he like no he way he's out like, there, huh? Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, he's, yeah, he's recorded everything already um, and sent it over to us. And, really? Yeah, nice. he's like, I just really love you guys. Like anything that you well, need, yeah. I was talking to Kafaro, and he's he randomly said that he talked to Dave after like twenty years or something like that, and. Because he, he's like, you need to get him on the show. He'd love to, you know, he's a good guy and he'd come on and stuff. And so that's I think he cool. would. I mean, he's yeah. a great guy. He's been super kind to us. I mean, mm-hmm. we've only talked in email, but I mean, also, I hope it's him. 
<laughs> the Love ultimate that. catfish. Love it. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you have a good connection with your friend being the, you know, so. Yeah. That's funny, it, though. It was cool. He sent me a Facebook message, and I was like, this is surreal. Yeah, this we, it's like, show 13-year-old Amanda that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally. Yeah. I've had a few moments like that where you're like, is this really my life right now? Like, it's, it's crazy. I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. Yeah. We have a few, few of those interactions come up. It's just like, these people commenting, are they, are they, are we talking to them for real or? Yeah. You have some serious, like heavy hitter followers. It's really <laughs> yeah. strange. I, I don't understand it at times. <laughs> most of the time. It's really, really strange. One of my favorites was, um, I met Mike Inez a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I was like 13, um, yeah. I met him at like an Allison Shane's meet and greet. And he was super kind to me then. And like, I was getting all their autographs, obviously. And he had asked me for my autograph. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) It was so sweet. And uh, we're friends now. So that's kind of crazy. It's it's a weird bass player thing. I know a lot of bass players. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They hold it down. That's great. So how about, um, how about, um, live performing are you guys are you guys gonna get on get out there and start playing some stuff this spring or this summer or what are you looking at um, may 4th we're opening for a band called the mysteries they're really cool like um they're girl fronted and they play like alt rock and it's gonna be fun yeah that's here in la at the peppermint club yeah yeah it's this like smaller venue in west hollywood but uh yeah i think that's Aside, we well, we did ACL in October. Yeah, and that was that was awesome. That was yeah. so so awesome. That was nothing, sick. Nothing for two years to that, so it was kind of fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. ACL. Well, our album came out the following week too, so it was just this like huge momentous time, and then we went into this like lull afterwards. We we're like, oh, oh we're going, yeah. what do we do now? But um, yeah. Yeah, ACL was crazy. I never like I had always dreamed of being on a festival like you have too. I don't know. That was crazy. Yeah. Um, but yes, to answer your question, we're playing more shows. <laughs> yeah, we great. have more plans coming up too. Yeah, we're trying to ramp up and like we'd like to, you know, get on a tour at some point this year if we yeah. can, even if it's just our own thing or opening yeah. for somebody or that's that's sort of where we're shifting. Mm-hmm. Um I think we can use the time we have right now where we're still mostly in town um, to like kind of backlog and finish some of those songs that we're sitting on. Totally. Um, so I think that's kind of a good point. Yeah. Chris and I were talking about going out, going out to California. We got to meet, we got to meet Kafaro and hang with him. So maybe yeah. you guys got to set up a show if we're down there. <laughs> so we can go yeah, over really. there so we can watch you guys play and meet up and hang out. Um, yeah. Oh, that'd be like, cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, we're, we're, yeah, we want to, we want to put some stuff. To, we're like, well, we're just talking about doing some sort of like takeover at one of the Pearl Jam shows, take over a bar before the show and stuff. And yeah, yeah maybe, right. maybe we can all just, uh, maybe all can just meet up and you guys can play a few songs and we could, me and Chris could play a few songs and, ask, <laughs> <laughs> and run everybody out of the bar. But people would cheer for us, Chris. They would. Yeah. Maybe. Song and you can sing it. Know that. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. That's that, that's that's the perfect formula. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, um, Steve and Amanda, thank you so much for uh, spending the last hour with us. Uh, really, really enjoyed getting to talk to you about uh, everything that we discussed, and uh, 
for everyone that's listening, make sure you, you go and you check out uh, Save Me, Save Us All, which is uh, available everywhere now because it, it is April 4th. It's been out for a couple of days. Yeah. Time traveler. I know this is we're bending time and space here to bring the people what they want. So um last thing, where can everybody find you on the internet? Uh you can find most updates on Instagram at Bexley underscore official and it's B-E-X-L-E-Y. I get that question quite a bit. Yeah. Everything's also on BexleyOfficial.com. So that'll like redirect you to wherever you want to end up. It's great. Yeah. It's, the, it's the motherboard right there. Yeah. <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, thank you guys for having yeah, us thank on. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. It's been a long and time coming. Yeah, yeah no it has been, but now now we're here. Things things happen, so here we are. <laughs> I'm sure the next time we'll talk, it'll be down the road and we'll both have more more stories and more to talk about and hopefully we'll be we'll both be a little bit bigger. <laughs> yeah, we'll be in person. And, I know, and right? Be that's, person, that's the yeah. ultimate right there. And that, that, that'll happen, I'm 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 sure of that. We're getting so. to that point. We're gonna cross paths with people uh like you guys and bands and stuff me and chris i mean i think maybe also with the pandemic it hasn't been we want to like see some bands in person and be able to meet up with some some artists so this will be this is just the beginning for a lot of stuff awesome. very quickly i wanted to say because of you guys i made a friend during the pandemic in Go. Uh, sj from dutch mustard she oh, and yeah. I, like facetime all the time like we're like kindred souls so that's awesome. so cool yeah Thanks, yeah they're great that she's great so yeah. that Ethan, we, we did a good thing. We did one good thing. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's amazing. That is fantastic. Well, thank you uh, to Steve Costello and Amanda Hardy of Bexley. Uh, this was a privilege uh, for us, and uh, we enjoyed that a lot. I think I can speak for you, Ethan. That was fun. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, guys. Yeah, thank you again. Absolutely. Well, there we have it. Uh, Ethan, that was that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed getting to talk with uh, Steve and Amanda today. Yeah, I totally agree. It was, uh, like we said earlier, it was uh, really insightful. I mean, it's always good to hear young, young artists and young musicians hear about how they kind of came up and uh, how they got into music and then why they, um, you know, why they write the way they write. And it's cool. It's, it's, We've been, you know, friends with them for a few years now. So that was a really uh, long time coming, I guess. Yeah, 100%. And uh, we hope that everybody out there enjoyed. And uh, we would like to reiterate, uh, go ahead, um, go go follow Bexley at Bexley underscore official and uh, go and stream the new single, Save Me, Save Us All, uh, streaming everywhere as of this podcast episode's release. So there you have it. And uh, before we close down, let's roll right into some uh, PSAs, announcements, and songs of the week. But first and foremost, if you're still with us, we really appreciate it. And um, if you have some extra time, considering you just had about an hour to listen to this podcast, you might have some time to go and leave a review or subscribe or follow on whatever streaming service that you are uh, that you're yep. joining us through. Today's Today's challenge, uh, I would say, we've been asking people to become patrons, but today's challenge is to write a review. So congratulations, you made it to the end of the pod, and you get to hear us ask you to do something, and that will be write a review. And honestly, if you want to write a shitty review, uh, we enjoy reading those too. Yeah, um, go ahead. Or you want to maybe one, maybe write some satire, you know, you know, write encrypt. I maybe, would love a good uh, just, sonnet or something, or a haiku. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, maybe a poem, yeah, of why you like or dislike, um, you know, do something that um, that we can read on the podcast. How about that? Yes, that would be. I want to. I want to be able to read something, whether it be you know good or bad. So, 
Go ahead over there to uh, both Apple and Spotify have them now, right? Or just a star uh, review on the one? Yeah, it's, on Spotify, it's just the stars. But on Apple, you can uh, you can lengthen out those typing yeah. fingers and <laughs> get take those, it for a yeah. spin. <laughs> let get me see those, your best. Get those rolling. Get on that home row and, and let it rip. <laughs> yeah, dude. Is there a cap limit? Does it have a number? Uh, I don't for know. I've, I've, I, I don't know that I've ever taken the reins and uh, left a review. <laughs> So I'm a liar. Oh. I, I gotta go review yeah. our show. So, I, I mean, are we allowed to review our show? I mean, I mean, you can vote for yourself in elections in politics, so you might as well be able to same review thing. yourself. Same yeah, thing. it's the same thing. This is more important, right? I mean, yeah, maybe we can we can write some scathing reviews. Yeah, that's good. That's good. good. But we are very thankful that you guys have made it to the end of the show. I yes. mean, honestly, just that is, um, yeah, you know, this is the that's that's always fun. That's yeah, yeah. Stuff yeah. Is. <laughs> Um, so what the song of the week is. I mean, we're tastemakers, man. Let me see what, uh, see what I think we've grown a few followers. We were at like 140 last time, but yeah, we're, what, we're, we're climbing up a little bit. Uh, every so often we'll have people, uh, slide into the DM and, and ask for the link and we'll happily oblige with that. But, um, Ethan, do you have, uh, do you have anything off the top of your head for song of the week? Because, uh, if you don't, I do. Yes, I do. In fact, um, and I think that um, I think it's only fitting that uh, I pick my favorite, or I think our favorite Bexley song to um, to put on the playlist. So, yeah, this is off of her um, the newest album that came out, self titled in twenty self titled in twenty one, and I just think I think for both. I don't want to speak for you, but this oh, is, you can speak. For yeah, me. I was, all right. I was, I'm speaking for Grunge Bible. We'll, this is our official plug. This is. I think this one just hit home for us. It fit uh, everything we like about um, her voice and the writing. It's it's a little bit diff- maybe a little different than a couple of her singles, but the sing the song is far from home, and it just has a really solid um, build over through the whole song. And um, yeah, it's like two to three minutes where I feel like it really just progresses, and it it kind of has that repetition that I I like and kind of like hammers at home, and it just felt like. It almost felt like, um, I don't want to say like Phoebe-esque, but like it was like the build-up and um, I don't know. Yeah, it just it was just it's just a really uh, perfect song for us. It's a really and, really good song. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely my favorite off of that album. And uh, yeah, and I wanted to bring I, it up with her this. in the interview. I wanted to bring it up to her in the interview, but we, it did. There wasn't a good space to for some reason, and I just I didn't bring it up. So I'll tell her. I'm hoping she'll listen to this. So. Um, Amanda, I think that was your, and, and Steve, that was, I think we think that's your best, uh, piece off that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I like that, that, uh, song of the week selection for sure. And, uh, I will, uh, I will sign my name alongside that selection. Yeah. Chris, what do you have this week? What are you, what are you listening to? So, um, I, uh, this past weekend, uh, I went to a couple of concerts, uh, oh, Saturday yeah. night, I drove up to Boston and I saw car seat headrest. And uh, Sunday, I saw Soccer Mommy for the second time. And um, I have to say, uh, Car Seat Headrest fucking ripped. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a connoisseur of their music. Um, I really, really like their music, but I don't know everything. The ins in and, and outs. In and out. No, I, I, I don't. Um, but man, were they good. And um, the, uh, the opener, the opener um, I believe, tested positive for COVID, so they couldn't play. So some of the some of the guys in, in car seat headrest did some solo stuff, including Will Toledo, the uh, the front man. Uh, so it was it was super cool, super unique. The energy was great. 
Uh, so I think it's only fitting based off of that really positive experience that I had seeing them live and uh, just being very impressed by their musicianship and their showmanship uh, that I do select a car seat headrest song. And uh, I'm going to pick one uh, from their most recent album, which was released, I believe, in 2020. Uh, the album's called Making a Door Less Open. And uh, my selection is a song off of that album called There Must Be More Than Blood. Um, I've, I've been a fan of this song uh, since the record dropped uh, you know, almost two years ago. Uh, really, the, the whole record is, is really, really great. But this is one that has just been kind of sticking with me. I mean, Will's, Will's voice is very unique. And um, I love how they explore so many different genre styles uh even just within one record i mean there's there's electronic stuff there's kind of punk stuff there's live there's a little bit of kind of blues blues emphasis there they have a song called hollywood and they kind of got like a like a fuzz pedal dan Auerbach thing going on and uh yeah it was super super cool but um they didn't play this one live but it is one of my favorites and uh i really appreciate uh, Will's lyrics and his, his his songwriting is is really really impressive and super relatable. So that is uh it's my song of the week. Uh, there must Hell be yeah. more than blood by Car Seat Headrest. Dang, that's awesome! I just added I'm a double whammy, a double double hitter uh, for concerts this week. That's really that's pretty yeah. great. Yeah, the double header was tough. I'm, it's definitely contributing to my uh my 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 tiredness at this point. My energy levels are indeed a little low, but uh hey. That's okay. No, no one cares. You, you got to do the work. That's right. No one cares that you went to two shows, Chris. You still, t- you still have to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But no one I mean, cares that you went to. T- you nobody, burned the candle nobody, at both ends. Nobody gives a shit if it, it's the consequences <laughs> of my own actions. But honestly, I mean, we couldn't have yeah. had a better, a better follow up to that. I mean, uh, Amanda and Steve were great, and really, really, really appreciated having them on, yeah. and uh, really enjoyed that conversation. That was fun. Yeah, I just realized that we're both wearing a hat. We're both wearing a flannel. Got the over ears and and a white shirt underneath. I'm wearing my Sydney Sydney Sprague Sprague shirt. Absolutely. I see you have a. Uh... <laughs> I'm wearing my Walter Sachs. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> the Big Lebowski. This is a fucking league game. This is this determines who makes it to the next round. I, know, of the I playoffs. dabbled in pacifism once. <laughs> not not no. nom, of course. <laughs> Were you listening to the dude's story? Well, hopefully people are still here <laughs> listening to our story. Um, but I, I believe our story is, uh, has run on for long enough now. So I think we, uh, we cut him loose now mercifully. Yep, I think it's that time. So yeah. thank you again, guys, for listening. And we will see you same time, same place next week. And Chris will be wearing his Walter Showback shirt again. <laughs> I think I have to. All right, rock game. and roll, stay heavy. And I'll see you guys next week. Take care everybody. See you later.